this week has flown by. It doesn't feel like two minutes since I last saw you. It's um, it's interesting because uh, I've I've been aware that um, I really must stop prefacing everything I say with "it's interesting" because <laughs> 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 there's got to be stuff that isn't right. But it it uh, in this case, I was thinking just the other day. Oh, I think Lee Miller's quite busy because um, I hadn't heard a squeak from you. Yeah. I think this week has been a busy week. Thursday was one of those days where I just, I spent the whole day walking around going, I am just adulting at 110%. I don't think we use the verb to adult enough, do we? Uh, no, we don't. I we don't. totally adulted that day. Oh, I was adulting <laughs> the shit out of Thursday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I voted. That is a very grown up thing to do. It's very grown up. I got to the end of the day and just looked back at what I'd achieved and thought, well, I feel like a super superhuman i feel so capable <laughs> i mean you're kind of joking but do you do you come on a day like that does that make you feel good or do you think what the hell was i doing why was i so busy i think on the days where i can look at what i've achieved and think oh that was really quite diverse it makes me feel really good i'm going to switch you off so i don't have to look at you when you say diverse uh you mean doing lots of things different types of things so at the end of thursday i'd voted i'd taken the dog for an nearly two hour walk I'd made bread rolls I'd made vegan carrot burgers I'd what else I'd done some oh I'd I'd done a little bit of painting in the kitchen and then your alarm went off to time to get up right <laughs> and I'd also had a full day at work you know I'd done all of the things all of the meetings and things like that I just got to the end of the day thinking I've achieved a lot. Mm. As opposed to, you know, sometimes you have those days where you're at your desk from first thing in the morning to last thing at night and you think, well, I didn't do anything. Oh, yeah. Except writing those four emails before you um, kick the bucket. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. It's catting and dogging here. Is it? Uh, yeah. It's not catting and dogging, but it is, it's wetting. Yeah. You know, I, I, I took Jeff out this morning and, and both he and I agreed that this would not be one of our magnum opus walks. It would be one of our kind of like, it was a novella of a walk. It wasn't a short story, you know. But it was a novella. It was definitely a novella. And do you think Jeff, does that, there's a certain amount of disappointment for Jeff or does he think I've been given lemons and I'm going to make some goddamn lemonade? I think Jeff has a response to walks that mm. if it's a nice day, he will just keep looking at me and going, yeah, what maybe. if we just carry on? Yeah. What if we just carry on? Yeah. What if we go this way? And Bob gets quite frustrated with me because I let Jeff d dictate where the walks are going to be. Where so or how long? Both. Both. So I'll open the front door, walk down the corridor, open the door onto the high street and then say to Jeff, okay, left, right or straight across. <laughs> and then he decides which way we go. <laughs> and does he, does he choose the same? Surely he chooses the same way every time. Nope, not even close. Not even close. There are some days where he is very clear that he wants to go up the hill. Some days, today was a day, uh, a casing point, he wants to go down the hill. And on the days when it is catting and dogging, he will just go, let's just go across the road. For a I'll peep. do a quick, 
I'll go and do a quick shit in the churchyard and come home. Yeah. That's um that is do you think he's picking up you know like uh like Starling's um murmurations when they're doing all that thing together. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Th- that they're um and that they're picking up the signals and so but and in an incredibly sophisticated way sophisticated way picking up the signals of the birds mm. around them. So no mm. one person is deciding no one bird, I should say, is deciding which way to fly. Um, not that I'm anthropomorphizing starlings whatsoever. And no. do you think Jeff's doing that a little bit? Like he's picking up vibes from Mew. Um, I would imagine there's a level of him going, there's a sniff down the hill that I like the sniff of. I want to go and sniff oh, it. Oh, yeah. Or there's a sniff, sniff up, up the hill. The hill. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think there's that. And then obviously, if it's pissing it down, he's just like, fuck this. I'm going to shit in the churchyard yeah. and come home. So he doesn't take a lot of pleasure in being out in the rain. Or does he just know that if it's raining, it's not going to be long? <sighs> I think he knows that if it's really throwing it down, I don't take any pleasure from it. So he then doesn't get to basically do the things that he likes, which is to stand around and sniff things yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. Um, so I think he probably does the whole... I'll just do the quick version because I know Lee will feel guilty enough to take me out when it's drier. And you know when he's doing those deep sniffs, mm-hmm. do you think that's like the equivalent of um, human beings? You know, let's say someone who's a let's let's uh, this mythical knowledge worker that uh, they talk, people talk about. Do you think he's mm-hmm. he's effectively doing a kind of a it's a deep thinking moment where he's all attention is all his attention is focused on making sense of the smell. There's no kind of he's that's the only thing he's doing. That's what it looks like from the outside. I don't get any sense that he is. It's really difficult to interrupt him. If yeah, he's, really you can't. It's hard to sniff. distract him. No, no, no. Absolutely. If there's a really big sniff, in fact, there have been moments where. Quite big, interesting dogs have lumbered past him. And usually Jeff likes a big, interesting dog. Yeah, He likes to look and, and interact with a big, interesting dog. But they can lumber right past him. Not even They can notice. walk right past his rump and he's like so in, in the moment of sniffing that he doesn't even notice that they're there. So he's zenning out, isn't he? Oh, yeah, totally. It is quite a joy to watch a creature so singularly focused. Mm. And it's lovely when, you know, when I lose myself in my own sniffing. And, do you, and do, does, that, does that happen very often for you? Not enough. I don't, I don't lose myself in sniffing enough. Do you, does that mean like when you said on Thursday you had a... This is, yeah, that was a, that was a deep sniff day. Was it? Yeah, because I I got to the end of the day and I and and I I'd done so much, but I, but the day had just blipped by, and I'd been completely absorbed by everything that I was doing, and it was just lovely. I mm. loved Thursday. Thursday was a great great day, hundred percent. Oh, I love the sound of that. Yeah. As you were talking about Jeffrey, um, you know, sunny day, just walking off and just continuing on walking. Mm-hmm. Um, that film, uh, the Truman Show. Clattered into my mind, mm-hmm. and um, that moment where Jim Jim Carrey, right? That's right. Yeah, Jim Carrey just keeps sailing, and then eventually there's that sort of it's slightly uh, just sort of bangs into the edge of the set. Yeah, it's a really beautiful oh, moment. Yeah, that makes me um, that makes me so melancholy. That film, yeah, or that moment, that that moment in that film, oh, just yeah. the kind of the 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 potential for open seas. And, you know, probably doing one of those, um, oh, what's the fella? What's the fella who goes off to sea? Huh? 
Oh, you know, the one, the artist. Um, I, I don't know. Crying guy, crying guy, crying guy. Oh, I'm stuck in a loop. Oh, I hate myself. I can't remember anything. Just, just go back to the sniff, Lee. Go back to the sniff. Oh, I should just Wait, could you just give me a little bit more information? He is a artist. No, he's an artist. You mean uh, a painter he, artist, he, like a no, no, like a like a like a conceptual artist. He is disappeared. He famously sailed off to sea. It might be apocryphal, but he definitely disappeared. And he, you know, I'm just going to have to do this. Deqing Shay, Bob. Deqing Shay. What's the name? Of, no, no, no. What's the name of the man who the artist who uh, sails off and disappears forever? The crying one. <laughs> Bas Jan Adrian, what? Oh, yeah. In Search of the Miraculous. Bas Jan Adrian. Thank you. He's the falling dude. Is he the falling dude? He might be the falling dude. I think of him as the, he does a piece, a crying one, and then the, yeah, and then the, the piece where he just sails off and disappears. Presumably. That was uh, podcasting gold. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have a sneaky suspicion that that won't make it in. But at the same time, I kind of of hope that it does. Uh, Me just yelling. Well, it's all up to you. To my heart. It is, I guess. But yelling out to my hive mind. It is an incredible... That moment in The Truman Show is incredibly understated, isn't it? Like, Mm, it could... Because it it, it was so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautifully. It's Peter Weir, isn't it? Peter Weir directed that yes, film. Yes, right? it is. Yeah, yeah. He's a, an Antipodean, isn't it, he? Also, uh, he's in your mother's spreadsheet. Oh, wait, is he? I oh, don't know. No, I think he might not be. He made The Cars That Ate Paris a long time ago. Also, Picnic at Hanging Rock. He is uh, still alive. Is he? Yeah. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Hooray for Peter Weir. Um, Did Poet I'll... Society. Oh, well, everybody's got to be able to make some mistakes. I love that you don't like that film. Oh, it's so mawkish. Do you not think, you know, all the whole, apart from anything else, it's like the women in it are just, what are they? They're ciphers for, well, oh, yeah. I, just, I just can't be doing with that sort of filmmaking. It hasn't dated well. No, not really. For me. Whereas Mystic Pizza, I'll watch all day long. Who doesn't like to see working class women making delicious pizza pies? I uh, watched that recently. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think I'd ever seen it before. It's a fun little film around about the it same time. Re- <laughs> I love that you went from Dead Poets Society to Mystic Pizza. That there was some little connection, and it was I guess it was about class, wasn't it? I think it is. I think it's about class. I also think it's about whose stories get to be told. I can't remember why. I just I'd never watched it. And I watched it very recently, and I had a blast. Yeah. So. We're, we've now turned into we've now turned into a, a sort of a, a semi-review show format. So we're telling people don't watch the classic Dead Poet Society and do watch Mystic do Pizza. Do watch Mystic Pizza. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I actually had some a bit of follow up from last week because the person, my friend, who uh, I mentioned, who generalised uh, about women facing each other and men side by side, yes, talking side by side, was actually. She sent me a link to the bit of research that she was, oh. uh, and it's so it's from a paper called Men. So she wasn't generalizing at all. <laughs> I she think, was. <laughs> I think that was the that was the um, subtext of her message to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Simon, 
Are you suggesting that I need to constantly cite my sources when I talk to you in future? So and you here don't... you are, motherfucker. <laughs> the, um, so yes, it's. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, men's friendships, women's friendships, and the alleged inferiority of the latter. And it's by Paul Wright from 1982, which I suspect is well before she was born. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it did make me think. Actually, not that didn't make me think. But there was something I wanted to ask you about. In last week's episode, there's a moment where you say a word mm-hmm. and I make a sound in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's a sound of me going to say something but checking myself. Mm-hmm. And it's the sound of me about to correct you. Oh. Yeah. What's the word I say? It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think it matters. I want to know what I, what I said wrong. Well, uh, no, I think you could. No, I, it's not important. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen now. Yeah. Aren't I, but there's I a moment where you say this word, uh-huh. and then I, you hear me make a sound. Uh-huh. And I've been thinking a lot about the sound. And there's also another moment in last week's episode. This is not about. This episode is not about last week's episode. But it's to be clear. It's to be clear. That would be strange, wouldn't it? This, <laughs> it would. It would. <laughs> so, We'd be like one this of those. Week, we talk about last week, <laughs> which talks about last week. <laughs> So, um, and there's another moment, which of course you'll remember very clearly when you uh, talk about me and percentages in relation to baking Uh. bread. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it got me thinking about something that I think is very different between us, not the bread, but this other thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I'm curious to hear your thoughts because it's not something I feel comfortable about either. And that is about the idea of being, of I'm going to just call it perfectionism. Okay. And when I say that word, what comes to mind for you? Not you. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, just to let everyone know, I actually walked into that with my eyes wide open, as as Nicole Kidman once said. I hope you're wearing a mask, and otherwise Tom everybody Cruise. will know which orgy you're at. Okay, listen. When I said not you, I was you set me up for a beautiful punchline. I did. But at the same time, I also want to be clear, I don't think of you as a perfectionist in a way that is uncomfortable. Oh. I don't think of you as a perfectionist. I think of you as somebody who is driven by data and is driven by facts. I think I think of you as um I think of you as a scientist in lots of ways, in that you you trust truth and you trust things that are verifiable that are empirical you know so you're you're quite you're quite Karl Poppery in that way um <laughs> <laughs> never have those words ever been said before I, you know he's a little bit Karl Poppery he's a little bit Karl Poppery that Simon but you know so so I I I do have a poster so, of him on my wall of course he yeah I was gonna say he doesn't well me I don't because I'm none of those things, and I I respect and admire that trait in you. You're you're, you're it's thinking a bit about systematic, yeah, absolutely. And that's you know you love the Pomodoro timer for your day to make sure that you are not kept out. You know, I've uh, you... I do Pomodoro on um, on steroids these days. I don't even want to. I don't even want to begin to tell you um, uh, that kind and... of stuff these days. And I think it's great because that works for who you are. I yeah. downloaded Pomodoro because you recommended it. And Back in 2007. I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I did it. 
I re-downloaded it again quite recently. And all I found myself doing is sleeping it and going, no, I've not finished. I've not finished. I've not finished. Because I guess I, I guess I get involved in the sniff. Yeah. I just, if my nose is down, I'm just in the sniff. And sometimes that's great. And sometimes it's, I can't pick up the scent. And what do you do when you can't pick up the scent? This is not what I was... Anyway, what do, you, yeah, what do you do when you can't pick up the scent? I think I just have to stay with it. I just have to stay with my nose to the ground and I have to just keep following until hopefully I pick something up. Mm. And then there will be certain moments where I just allow myself to be interrupted. Where so you don't get lost whisper. in the grazing? Sometimes I do get lost in the grazing, but if I'm lost in the grazing, it's because I'd lost the scent anyway and I wasn't ever going to be able to... I wasn't going to be able to find it really. Well... You know, if I was to say, Simon, if I say the word perfectionism to you, what do you think if you didn't turn around and say, not you? Well, I mean, that's partly what I was, you know, of course, that was the, in, that was implicit in the question was I don't think of you as a perfectionist. But I, but I also wanted to say it's something I admire because I, I think, and there are certainly, if any of my students are listening, they will have experienced a, a, a form of not being able to see the wood for the trees from me when they've handed some writing. That it's almost, it's very, very challenging for me not to get caught up in the minutiae of, of, of a piece of writing rather than responding to the kind of general sense of what that thing is. So my... I mean, I think writing it comes out very poorly and well, depending on the circumstances in me, which is sometimes it's really useful to have that kind of, um, to, to mix our dog metaphors, like a dog worrying a bone, you mm-hmm. know, and really just, and really getting into the, as I say, into the, the nuts and bolts of that bit of writing. But actually, more often than not, uh, it's better to be, have a much more relaxed attitude towards it, so not getting caught up in it. And and so, yeah, and I think that, um I guess I was saying it or asking the question with a certain amount of what's that like? Because I it's I want a taste of that, a taste. Uh, uh, and I'm I'm not saying I'm you know I, I I hear you when you say you don't think I'm a perfectionist, but I also recognise that I that it that tendency in me stops me doing things. But it is a bit. It's you know that's that old well worn uh, idea of. Um, Perfect is the enemy of good, you know, Voltaire. I just have this, well, it's, I heard another story recently about um, new parents. There's a particular word that gets used about the kind, oh, is it, is it something like the baby industrial complex or something like that? Or, you know, it's a version of that where mm-hmm. new parents are profoundly caught up in making perfect decisions yes. for their children. Yeah. And I, I think, for some parents, it probably never goes away. <laughs> the counter to that is to be a parent is about being good enough. And that's your, what you're aiming for is to be good enough at this. Yeah. And that, that is a long way from the kinds of things that fed me as a young man, right? It wasn't, it wasn't about good enough, definitely. It was about, you know, I mean, cliches as well. Number one, being the best, being very strong drivers of um, that are much more allied to perfectionism than they are to um, being good enough, and so there's just a t- there's a tension there which I'm which interests interests me, and I, and it just felt like, do you still feel like a fraud? Oh, 
Are you or let me, let me, no, no, let me, actually, I just projected me onto you. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever felt like a fraud in any of the work that you've done? Have you ever felt fraudulent? Or have you always felt that you were, for want of a better word, professional? Mm-hmm. Or good enough, if you want. You know, if you want to use the, the language that you, you just said there about parenting. Mm. Good enough. Yeah, that is... Um... So, I, if I think about, you know, if I think about starting off as an academic, so doing a PhD, which, mm-hmm. I, which I think of, it's not really the start, but it's a very particular start. Oh, is that a good, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good example, I think, where I, I've certainly been driven by, well, the, the, the sniff, the scent, yeah. and wanting to pursue something. But the, the flip side of that is recognizing very early on that, that oh, that's things interesting. And then going, oh, in order to know that, I need to know that. Oh, in order to understand that, I need to understand that. And, of course, that's a very, that's a very typical experience, I imagine, for most um, PhD students or most students in general. But that never felt like it ended. So even today, you know, if I'm... If I, you know, I was reading something this morning, doesn't matter what it was, and I there was a little link in it where I, I really do need to follow that, and I need, to, and so you, and it's, you know, it's the equivalent, it's the intellectual equivalent of a YouTube um, rabbit hole, except mm-hmm. except it's pursuing, it's like it's like going, I can't stand up, I can't stand up unless I understand the entire geographical history of 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 the planet. In order to try and answer your question about what is it like to not be a perfectionist. Um, which I've just I have assumed right it's an assumption which is you know that that I well I I don't consider myself a perfectionist I I worked with (laughs) I worked with an administrator once who (laughs) looked at me quite with quite a lot of care in her eyes and she said Lee you're not a complete finisher because <laughs> she'd, she'd evidently just done some kind of like you know personality training course and discovering what kind of people people were in order to for her to better manage the people that she worked with and, and, and I, was working, <laughs> I was working with her on a on a, um, a kind of a, a, a joint honors model for a, a, for degrees and I had to revalidate something and 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 I I just would turn up with paperwork that was you know evidently not finished and she would just say you're not a complete finisher but what's lovely is the ideas that start it are just so interesting and then you just assume somebody will just drive it over the finish line for you it's like (laughs) (laughs) so hang on she said that or that's what you understand no no i think she i might be paraphrasing but that was pretty much what she said and actually she is a long time listener of this podcast (laughs) So, Mandy, <laughs> you know you're out there, and you know that you said this. And the thing is, she's also entirely right. She was right then, and she is right now. I am not a complete finisher. I, I have ideas, and I have ideas in abundance. Something that is this is something that Bob and I have in common. We have in the space of a day more ideas than we could ever execute. Mm. We there are there cafe are, open four hours a day. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but there are also there are multiple tabs open in our um browser i think in our scrivener um, oh. of of um of ideas for writing and there's probably 50 or so different 
things and what becomes clear is the ones that kind of get more material put in them more articles put in them and and more notes put in them are the ones that are going to 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 be developed and then the ones at the bottom are just they're not going to wither but they're just going to sit there for a really long time but because bob and i have been working together for over 25 years we have sort of understood that we work at a, a weirdly glacial and also um supersonic pace so both of those things live in our body at the same time there are some things that are just pushed through the the finish line really quickly and then there are some things that we will you know be returning to 15 years later and going huh whatever happened to that thing about that thing um not a complete finisher you i think you're a complete finisher and i don't mean that you don't have ideas on the back burner but <laughs> i had one once <laughs> but i mean that i have a feeling that you know if you set your mind to something you know if you decide you're going to do um a funding bid that funding bid will be done mm. yeah whereas if i decide i'm going to do a funding bid i might end up writing an article that was something to do with the funding bid at some point mm. Because I realize I need to find something out in order to do this. And then I get much more interested in the thing that I was finding out about. And I don't really care about the money. And that's different, from, that's different from perfectionism. I think so. Because I think if you were perf- a perfectionist, if you set yourself a task, the task has to be completed. Mm. And yeah. And, and the, the reason I asked you if you felt like a fraud is because I still fundamentally feel fraudulent. <laughs> Oh, he's just come back in again. He just keeps opening the door. Bob keeps shutting the door. Jack keeps opening the door. Is Bob the inside the... Is she, hang on, is she, is she shutting the door from the outside or the inside? Bob's shutting the door from the outside and then Jeffrey opens the door <laughs> to come in again. <laughs> he, he has this... He, he has an abhorrence of all closed doors. So he has to open it. It's fine. No, just leave it. Just leave it because it'll just squeak otherwise. Oh, just do it. It's fine. We're nearly finished.